My name is Gerard Florian and I am the Group Executive for Technology here at ANZ. And today I'm very fortunate to be joined by our Group Executive for Talent and Culture, Kath Vandermerwe, as well as Jared Spataro. And Jared is the Corporate Vice President for Office 365 at Microsoft. Hi, Kath, and hi, Jared. Hi, Jared. Thank you for taking time today to just having a conversation really around this very, very hot topic of how we think we're going to be working in large organisations, um, particularly as we kind of look at the next phase post-COVID. Some people call it the future of work. Some people say the future is already here, so it's kind of how we work now. Some people are talking about return to office, but other people are saying actually it's not in the office, it's working lots of different places. But maybe just to, to kick off, Jared, Microsoft have been solving amazing problems with technology for a long, long time. How are you thinking about this whole future of work and um, how it's applying to your organization? One of the things we just recently published a couple of weeks ago is what we call the Work Trends Index. So we went out and surveyed over 30,000 people in 31 countries just to get a longitudinal view of not just one organization, not a handful of organizations, but both how managers were feeling and how employees were feeling, just as a way to point forward. And what you've said so far is totally in line with what we found. We found, for instance, that over 80% of managers were planning to have more flexible work from home policies, even as they went back to the workplace. So even as the pandemic eased, we found, interestingly enough, that over 70% of employees said that they would uh, plan on taking advantage of those more flexible work from home policies. So there was a sense that people appreciated the flexibility. Anecdotally across the world, I've heard people say things like, I've never been able to have breakfast with my kids before. You know, So there's real value in some of what we're seeing in terms of flexibility. But also to round out the picture, almost 70%, 67% of those surveyed at the employee level said that they wanted more in-person FaceTime with their colleagues as well. So there's this sense that um, that you kind of want to combine those things. It sounds like at ANZ that that's exactly the approach you're taking at Microsoft. We're doing that as well. We put a policy in place that, that has now said that uh, going forward, you can work up to 50% of the time from home without ever having to consult with a manager. That's just going to be a benefit of being an employee at, at Microsoft. So largely trying to signal that, you know, being in person with your colleagues is very valuable. At the same time, that flexibility has real value, in fact, as a part of your benefits package in many ways. So the trends hold, and now, now we're just gonna have to, you know, engage in the experiment to see how it all works out for us. Lots of angst, lots of fear about this messy middle, as I call it, as things are coming together. Kath, from the ANZ side, you know, it's just over a year now since we, um, I remember very clearly, had the conversations that said we're going to ask our staff to work from home and very quickly we had 95% of people out of the office. I was wondering if you could just take us through a little bit of that journey from those first few weeks thinking, my goodness, how are we going to do this, through to where we find ourselves today in 2021. Sure, Jared. It's fair to say we've learned a lot over the last 12 months, if you do uh, think back to about this time last year where we were, were scrambling furiously to, to provide connectivity and, and tools, appropriate tools to enable our people to work effectively from home. And we've achieved a huge amount and come forward leaps and bounds in terms of the tools that are available, but also how we've been learning to use them as an organisation to make sure that we're getting the most out of that and being able to, to work effectively remotely and, and to stay connected both in terms of being able to do our work productively, but also how to sort of keep those important team team connections up. Um, I think what's important to reflect on too is we are a global organisation. We've got presence in 33 different markets. 
Um, and actually what's been challenging uh, through these last 12 months is the different state um, that's been evident in each of those different places across the globe. And so we've needed to ensure that whatever it is that we've been doing, it's it's respectful and, and has a high degree of empathy um, for our, our folk that are in very different situations all around the globe. You know, we've spent a lot of time, I think what was good that we did at ANZ was very early on, we started that thinking uh, and we wanted to make sure we were doing it based in what's important to us as an organisation. Yes, we were learning from what was going on around the world, but really started in having a strong grounding in what are our core beliefs, what matters to us, what do we believe we need at ANZ to be successful, bringing together cross-functional team, technology, risk, people from TNC and property, thinking about, you know, how do we think about what work at, at ANZ will look like into the future. For us, it was about getting that balance right of what's important for ANZ um, and and how do we listen and respond to what our people are telling us that, that they need as well. And so I think we've landed in a place, and I think lots of other organisations are in a similar place around that hybrid model of working where for the vast majority of our people it will be a blended way of working, you know, two, three days in the office, two, three days working from home. Uh, and I really feel like that's a great balance to enable us to, I, I do believe it's important for teams to come together in person. Um, but, but you know, there, there's value in, in having people work and do certain types of work at home as well, and, and there's lots of personal benefits to that. So I think we're, um, that's where we've landed. It's, it's a blended balance model. I do think it, it balances out the needs of, of ANZ and what we believe will be important to be successful with what our people are telling us they want. But recognising that moving to a model like that in and of itself is a significant change now, and that's where we're at now. <laughs> How do we help people adapt to that more blended way of working, which brings its own level of complexity. In some ways, it was easier when we were all at home working remotely from our personal devices. Uh, and now we're actually having to learn to make that work and think about, well, what do we do when we're in the office together? What do we do when some of the team are in the room with us and others are remote? Um, so it's bringing its own set of challenges and we're needing to lean into that now to make sure we're helping all of us adapt, yeah. uh, you know, as best we can and in a really productive, fulfilling way into this this new new mode right now. Jared, what, what are some of the, the, the wrinkles that you're seeing teams have to work through? I would say that it's easy when everybody's in the office because we have decades of history for what that looks like. And we've injected tools and technology over time. We kind of have have integrated them into the way we work. After the initial 60 to 90 days, though, most organizations settled into a bit of an equilibrium about how they were using the tools. And, and what was the interesting outcome of that is we were all pretty much on a level playing field, whether you were the CEO or you were you know, the leaf node of a, of a smaller team, you kind of had the same experience and the same voice and there were new ways to express yourself. Uh, I think about Microsoft Teams and chat exploded for us as an example, as a, as a way for people to really communicate and collaborate. The difficulty now is we find different markets going back to work, you know, places like Taiwan and Korea, and even uh, as we have studied some of the customers in New Zealand, you know, we see that they get into this place where some people are in the office and all of a sudden, if you're not set up right with the tech, you end up with this camera looking at a whole bunch of, you know, people you can't see very well. And here you are back in your, your own room and that's where the messy middle kind of hits us. And so we've been working really hard um, on technology. I'm happy to speak to some of the things we're doing there, but also just to some best practices, very, very simple best practices that make a huge difference. One, one simple one, for instance, is we're telling people, hey, as you meet in person, 
we would recommend that you turn your sound off and you turn your your uh, mic off, but you bring your device and actually have it record you um, so that people can see your video because that's helpful to everybody else on the other side to see you personally, not just a room of people. So there's a lot of small things that we can do as we head back to the office that will make a really big difference. I think that is one of the, the trickiest things to navigate actually is those big team meetings, part, part of the team in the in-person and, and part online. And we've certainly been experimenting as my team has been coming together around that. Um, one thing we found helpful, I, I agree that that screen up close actually really makes a difference so people can see the, the person speaking. But one thing we've experimented with, and it's worked quite well, is this concept of kind of an advocate in the room. Um, because, you know, if you're that person that's at home, you just kind of feel like you're whinging if you're constantly saying, hey, I can't hear you. I'm, and actually to have somebody in the room that's actually checking in constantly and making sure those that aren't can hear okay, they're feeling included. It's been a really powerful um, tool. In fact, Jared played the role of advocate once for us on Exco and, and did a fantastic job. But that's been a, a really good learning for us. And I do think once we get through the messy middle, it will have been a, a really positive thing for us. It's funny how so many little pieces need to come together. So just I guess building on your example, um, if you do have four or five people in the room, how do they raise their hand? Because what I have noticed already is that when there are groups in the room, that we've, we've quickly established the protocol of raising your hand in a Teams call. Suddenly when you're in a room, if people don't have a device in front of them, they don't raise their hand, so they just ask the question. And it's like, no, 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 we have a protocol now. All of these little norms, we just they're fragile. They're just building and we need to reinforce them. It really is about cultural reprogramming. It really is about, I think, in many organizations, leadership, because what we're going through is this like once in a generation time when all of a sudden everybody's handed, you know, this opportunity. You can see it as a challenge. I tend to think of it honestly as an opportunity because what we had seen is the tech had outpaced the culture by several decades. We were, our culture working was still back in the, I don't know, 70s, 60s, maybe like in terms of how the culture worked in the office. And yet the tech had gone way past us. And so right now we're in this moment, I think, when we're trying to bring that together. And I, I like to tell people, hey, this is an opportunity for leadership. Please see it as an opportunity. When we, when we pop out at the end of this, life should be better for all of us. You know, we should all get to do the things that we want to do with more flexibility than we've been able to do them. But just as you say, it's the little norms that are going to make all the difference. And we have to establish those as we go. Kath, from a, a talent and culture side, both of those very important words, you know, what are the things that you are hopeful about and optimistic about as a result of this change in the way that we're working? And I guess maybe even what are some of the big areas that you're going to, you're going to be really looking to make sure that we continue to make progress that we have been making or building on? I believe like Jared, I think if we stay intentional and thoughtful about this, we really do have the, an opportunity to to recreate and revisit and refresh a lot of the ways that we're working and we're, we're coming at it with a much higher degree of empathy than I think we've ever had before and a much higher awareness of things like well-being and really investing in actually caring about each other and looking out for well-being and there's a really important role for our leaders in all of this. Um, and so, again, we've made a commitment that we recognise this is a big change and we've got to be there to keep supporting and giving tips and, and creating, reinforcing something that's always been important to us at ANZ is a culture of learning. And we've said one of our core principles right back to the beginning was we need to stay flexible and adapt and learn. And so helping our leaders, um, you know, and creating a culture 
where it's okay to give things a go and if they're not working to leave them behind but to be looking for others around the system and where are those best practice nuggets that are really working well and how can we kind of share those and, and create a culture where we're really learning from each other. Thanks, Kath. There's a lot there. And, and Jared, maybe as you're answering the question, since Kath did mention data, I'd be interested from your perspective in particular the positive role that you think things like analytics are going to play both at a personal level and a workplace level as part of that future? Yeah, you bet. let me first hit the talent market because this is one of the surprises in the data as we are combing through it. One of the things I didn't predict a year ago as we were coming into this is what it would look like when we were coming out. You know, what would be the major shifts in the world? The data actually clearly indicates that this has been as big an impact, has played as big a role in how people think as a major world event like one of the world wars back in the, the 20th century. What we're finding is that people are rethinking the key decisions in their lives. So essentially kind of where they live, what they do for a living, um, other uh, decisions related to family and friends in ways that I wouldn't have predicted. For instance, uh, almost 50% of people survey, so this was a broad swath of people, again, across 31 countries, say that they are seriously considering a physical move because they can now work remotely or work more remotely. In some cases, when we drill into the data, that just simply indicates they're going to move another 30 minutes away from the city where they work because they can get a cheaper house or they feel like it'll be closer to something that they care about. In other cases, they're going to actually move across the country or to a different country. 41% said that they were seriously considering leaving their their employer within the next 12 months. That's a huge, we have not seen an upheaval like that for decades, decades, decades. And so as we come back for leaders, I think it's really important to understand that the talent landscape has changed in major ways. And I don't think most leaders are prepared. I have not been prepared for that. We've already started to see in the technology industry that there have been major shifts in talent just over the course of the last six to eight weeks. So it's on. Um, and I think that, you know, if there's anything I could share with your leaders and managers, it would be you're not going back to the place that you left, especially when it comes to the talent market. Now, when it comes to what do we do for well-being and, and how do we use the technology and what we're seeing right now to help well-being, this is a place that we're really excited. We have teams. We have recently launched a couple of months ago a new product that we call Microsoft Viva. The most, not, I won't do a product pitch for you, but the most important part of that is we believe that managing and leading people in the coming years is going to move from pure art to much more science based on analytics that we can use to understand what's happening. Today, for instance, now that we're all on digital tools, we can actually give you a sense for when your team is getting closer to burnout. We can give you a sense for how work patterns have changed. We can give you a sense for when you've stopped collaborating with other groups you used to collaborate with. I mean, there's so many trends and insights that we can lend to a manager to help uh, optimize both individual and overall group performance. So there's just a lot there. The future for us is definitely data-driven insights. And as we look at performance of individuals and organizations all up, we just think it's an it's a exciting new era for us as we can use the technology to do new things. Wow. <laughs> You're not excited by all of that. I'm not sure what will. There's lots to think about again. Um, I think for today, we're going to call it there. Uh, so firstly, thank you very much, Catherine, and thank you, Jared. Uh, I think it's fair to say on the summary of this that the future, we are in an experiment. We don't know what the answer is, but the future potential is huge, and uh, we've all got a role to play. It is cultural. It is about people, tech-enabled for sure, but the focus is our people. So thank you very much, and I hope those who are watching, uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening to Blue Notes. This podcast was produced by the Blue Notes editorial team with music by Kevin McLeod. Blue Notes is a publication of ANZ Banking Group.